What up, what up, what up, sports heads? Welcome to another edition of Sports Talk KC. And one of your hosts, Cal, yeah, Cowboy, slash whatever. Fellas, introduce yourselves. Yo, yo, what it do, KC, Lee 86 on the line. What's going on, DB's 1492? Thanks for tuning in, buddy. All right, all right, sports heads. Let's go ahead and kick it off with the the fight pay-per-view event that we had over the weekend. You had Nate Robinson fighting the YouTube star, Logan Paul, Mike Tyson, and Roy Jones. But Mike Tyson and Roy Jones was not the main event. It was Logan Paul and Nate, <laughs> Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson getting beat like a Prolo Creed by Dolph London. I know we keep mentioning this Rocky movie, but there's a lot of this stuff going on <laughs> where people are getting assassinated like this. He was quite left in the ring for three days after the bout, but he did get knocked out by the YouTuber Logan Paul. But not to discredit the young man, he does have some professional bouts or semi-professional bouts under his belt. So he was boxing ready, and Nate Robinson was not. Guys, what do you guys feel about that fight? Uh, Nate Robinson shouldn't have never stepped his ass in anyone's ring. Um, <laughs> whether it may be a thriller event or whatever the event. Nate, you were not written. He clearly showed that. You, you, you got embarrassed. You know, the fight didn't even last 20 seconds, 30 seconds, or a minute, whatever. It, 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 it's comical to me, man. That's all I got on it. it, it it's comical, dude. Yeah. It very, it very was comical. Uh, the internet thought so too. You got all the memes and uh, all over the weekend uh, about that. You know, cutting them out. Everybody doing the Nate Robinson challenge. Uh, old dude was even uh, flexing on uh, Instagram or social media. He had the dudes. Uh, he had Nate Robinson jersey on and up there posing and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, pretty was. Pretty much comical, yeah, because he he hit the canvas twice. Should have stayed down the first time and said he shouldn't have gotten up. Because it was soon after that he got knocked out. So, uh, and then I just want to give kudos to, uh, excuse me, to uh, Snoop Dogg for the attic uh, comedic affair. You know, him up there singing old gospel hymns, and uh, you know, is bringing the funny to it. So. Uh, maybe he'll be able to do some more uh, commentating here in the near future, but uh, that's all I pretty much got. I mean, I know – see, I didn't even know that that dude was a YouTube fighter. I just thought that was just a regular fighter, and this thing, Nate Robinson, was just trying to box. And I was like, yeah, you don't need a step in the ring. But to even know that the dude is not really – Yeah, well, as for Logan Paul, uh, huh? he is a YouTuber. And um, he started doing this boxing thing, I guess, about three years ago, uh, where he was fighting other YouTubers. And he's been uh, – he hasn't lost yet. Uh, he was also trying to fight Soldier Boy at one point, and he would have knocked his ass into oblivion if they would have fought <laughs> as well because the dude is cut. But it's something he started within his, his uh, brand of YouTube where he's fighting people. But like I said, he had some semi-professional bouts under his belt. So he wasn't going in there not ready for this. And you could tell 
when he was fighting Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson didn't have a clue. Uh, he went in there trying to fight him like Snoop Dogg said, like he was at a barbecue with his uncle and just trying to show he ain't no punk. And he got slept uh, like a baby, pretty much, man. Like I said, I mean, it ain't funny, but it is funny. And as for him, like, you know, I'm fighting for the whole NBA and all this bullshit. You got beat to a bloody pulp on Saturday night. It sucks. Yeah. Fellas, you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Oh, snap. Where'd he go? I don't know why people decide to call me as soon as I hop on here. Don't nobody call me all day until I hop on here. But anyway, uh, yeah. So that, I mean, that really sucks for him, man. The shit is funny. The memes is funny. Uh, I mean, damn. But that fight was more entertaining than the main event of Mike Tyson and Roy Jones because all they did was hug each other the whole fight, which I said that. Yeah, that's, you know, kind of kind of jumping into the, you know, Iron Mike and, uh, and uh, Roy fight. You know, that's all it really was, just to be honest. After the first round, it seemed like you just had them dudes gas. It was at one point – Roy Jones could you could even hear him asking his corner like what round we in? Damn, we only in the fourth round. So Roy Jones was Roy Jones was really just a punching bag for Mike Tyson. <laughs> you know, um, it seems like the first round they came out with some energy. Neither one of them still has the power that they once had before when they were on the, you know, the championship platform. My thing is this, with these two fighting, you guys, you got people coming out the woodworks now wanting to, you know, recast the the dream of being a boxer. You have, number one, Buster Douglas has came out and said he wants to fight again, which he should not do. Buster Douglas is so out of shape. And you also have... Evander Holyfield that's wanting to fight Mike Tyson as well. So that's kind of my spin off to it. What do you guys think about this? Is this a start of something? Like we see these old boxers trying to rekindle the flame? Uh, Lee, I'm going to say this. It's, it's the start of a pandemic because everybody hurt right now. I ain't saying Iron Mike or Roy Jones is hurting because Iron Mike got his own thing going on with the CBD and all that stuff. I don't know what Roy is doing, but uh, outside of boxing, but it's a kick, it's it's a quick cash come up. Why not take advantage? You know, what I'm saying everybody, it don't matter uh, what statue you are, or what level you're on in life right now. Everybody need extra cash, so why not take advantage? What you got, B? Yeah, it seems like it seemed like it was a way for both the 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 two to you know get a nice little quick payday. I agree, but I was shocked when I heard Buster Douglas. And Evander Holyfield wants to get in the ring with the same type of setup with Mike Tyson. I was just like, wow. But and then, then the funny thing is about it, we witnessed, well, I watched it on YouTube after the fight. I watched the full Nate Robinson fight and the uh Mike Tyson fight. And uh it's just That's a, what I mean. yeah, it, it's just a way for them to uh to make money. But if anybody was smart. I'm thinking the undercards are a little bit more entertaining than watching these old boxers 
fight. Yeah, I'm with that. I don't want to see this golden nigga fight no more. To be honest with you. Now, wait, really- now unless they're going to really get, get after it. Now, they're going to really get after it, then cool. But if they just in there hugging it and all that shit, then uh, I ain't about to pay to see that. Right. Yeah, I'm good on all that. So to answer your question, Lee, no. Uh, point blank, period, no. Um, especially after, I mean, like I only saw the highlights of it, but um reason why uh, Roy was up there hugging, well, I don't know if from the highlights I saw, I saw Roy hugging more than Tyson, but I guess either, like you said, just conditioning, like they were gassed. I, yeah, I'm not trying to watch. Yeah, I'm not trying to watch that. <laughs> and then what to, uh, what Cal said as far as a quick uh, cash grab, uh, that can, I can see that also because, shit, it is a pandemic and uh, a lot of these entertainers and uh, or, uh, you know, their business and uh, is ba- mainly on the road or has to do with people coming out and buying tickets or something like that. And you can't really do that at the moment. So, uh, yeah, I guess it's good for the make a quick buck, but I'm not trying to watch me, that. I would... I, especially not no Buster Douglas. That dude is almost 60 years old. Buster Douglas, you do not need to get your ass in nobody's damn ring. You, you just need to stop. I mean, if, I think Evander Holyfield will have a better chance than him stepping back into, you know, the ring. He even promoted it today. He was just like, go here to sign the contract, Mike. You know the world wants to see me and you for a third time. Oz is kind of like, huh? Well, that's surprising to hear. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like I said, I'd rather see little Wayne and Plies getting the motherfucking <laughs> ring together. <laughs> right. I'll pay for that. I'd rather see I'd rather see Eminem and Machine Gun Kelly go in. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But I, w- I will say this, man. Um, I know that took a lot out of Nate Robinson, man. Heard it his pride. You know what I'm saying? I know how it feels. You know, sometimes you win some. Sometimes you lose some. But you had no goddamn reason to be hopping in that ring without a stitch of professional training to protect yourself. You tried to go out there like you trying to fight a nigga for a Subway sandwich or some shit. You had no. For real? He didn't train for this nothing? Yeah. I mean, he may have trained, but I mean, if you like, I said, go to YouTube and watch it. I mean, the dude didn't have a oh, I saw idea. It. I saw the two knockdown points. How long? Did, look did, at how he was. Look at how he was holding. His, look at how he was holding his guard. You know what I'm saying? Like he, was he wasn't protecting what you mean? What guard? He was wild. That's what I'm saying. Right. He wasn't <laughs> protecting himself. He wasn't doing anything that showed an inkling of a boxer, a semi-pro boxer, or a boxer yeah. that's training. He didn't show anything. He, he he didn't. His stance, his stance was all unorthodox. It was just like how he had his guard up. It was just like, dude, what are you doing? Like you said, he came like he was trying to shut a nigga out of out of line from getting a pair of limited Jordans coming right. out or something. Right, right, right. So I mean, I know it, it hurt his pride. He probably sitting in the dark room right now. Still can't believe it. But like I said, we don't know if it was scripted or not. But like I said, it was a cash grab. At the end of the day, everybody, all parties got paid. Roy Jones and Mike Tyson claim they're giving their money to charity. I don't believe that, but that's what they said. 
So, uh, but yeah. Nate, Nate Robinson, y'all sure? Y'all sure he got up yet? That motherfucker probably still laying on the damn cabin. Yeah, I think they still left him there. Uh, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? One of the sports heads, uh, Big Ralph, he made a post. Man, that, that's what got me wanting to check it out. I had woke up like 3 o'clock in the morning the fight after, you know, the, the night after the fight. And he had made this silly-ass post. It had uh, Mike Tyson and um, Roy Jones standing together. And it had uh, Nate Robinson at the end of the ring saying they left that nigga Nate still there. <laughs> right. Oh, that shit was funny. I died laughing when I said, let me go check this shit out. Uh-huh. I checked it out like damn. Wow. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know he was fighting. Me either. It was more entertaining than uh Roy and Mike. So uh but that gives it up for our uh boxing uh sports heads. Let's go ahead and just kick it on off to the NFL news, man. We got some disgruntled Steelers players, they're ready to play the game. And you know, we all know that Baltimore is dealing with COVID issues still. And the game is scheduled to be played tomorrow still, or have they changed it again? I guess tomorrow. Well, they're saying that it may be played tomorrow, but it possibly could be shifted again. But Steelers, Steelers players are disgruntled. They are the only team in the NFL that's unbeating, and they're ready to get back on the field. Fellas, what you guys got on this COVID issue with Baltimore and the Steelers and Baltimore game? Uh. I agree with uh, the Steelers being disgruntled because, mind you, they've already had a bye week taken away from them due to another organization not being able to follow COVID protocol. And it's just like y'all keep on playing with these dudes' uh, body clocks, the motions that they're used to being in. That's hard to do. And, you know, like I said, yeah, that's why Eric Ebron, the tight end, and Juju's, uh, Juju, uh, the receiver, are disgruntled where they have, you know, kind of made some, you know, some uh, headlining posts on social media outlets uh, <coughs> to show that they're disgruntled. That's why. And I can understand that because you took away this team's bye week already. You know, this team does not have a bye week. It's not, you know, not going to get one. The, the NFL took it away to to, to make scheduling and, and things to stay up to par. So I can understand why they're disgruntled. And it's just like, damn, we got a whole nother, you know, we were looking to play a game and then y'all take it away two times, you know, already. So I can understand the Pittsburgh Steelers being disgruntled, but this is a, 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 a hiccup in the road for them because like I was saying earlier, if this game is scheduled to be played, as it still stands tomorrow um, against Baltimore, they're going to have to play in the next five days, which will be on, or it'll be, yeah, it'll be the next five days. It'll be the coming Monday where they will have to face Washington. So this is a daunting task with the Pittsburgh Steelers are going through. That's just my little spill. Yeah, I agree as well. Can y'all hear me? No, I'm just making sure because my mom tried to call me. I'm like, you cast somebody just wants to call me when we're on the pod, but um, <clears throat> but yeah, I agree uh, with Lee. He made some good points, especially with them not having a buy. Um, they will have to play if they play tomorrow and then play in the next five days. That's that's asking a lot, 
you know, especially when they already had one of their gangs moved earlier due to Tennessee not following the protocol. So, um, yeah, I can see why, but uh, hopefully in one of these two games they'll take an L so uh, we can uh, – so the Arkansas City Chiefs can uh, have a shot at that one seed. But if and that's all we could ever hope for. But like I'm saying, with all the rest they're getting, they're rested. Uh, and if they do potentially play Baltimore tomorrow, they probably won't be at their full strength, I'm assuming. So is it possible for the Pittsburgh Steelers to ever take an L with the next five? What, how many weeks we got left? What, five yeah. weeks? Yeah. Uh, leading yeah, I, the, yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say – I was just going to say this. Um with these dudes having to play two games within a matter of six days, that's going to, like I said, that's a daunting task. Washington's defense is not in slouches. And if you have to, what it, this is, this is a thing that I think the NFL said, both of these games, Pittsburgh will be at home. They will not have to do any traveling. So that is a thing that the NFL is looking at. They have played Baltimore and Washington at home. And so they're looking at it like they're not going to have to travel. They're better than both of these teams. So Pittsburgh probably agreed to it like, yeah, okay. But I will say Washington is a tricky team. You know, I, that's all I'm going to say. You know, their defense is is the strong point. But if they do not lose these next two, if they don't lose to Baltimore or Washington – I could see Baltimore I, – I, I could see Pittsburgh possibly the only loss probably coming to uh, Buffalo or either um, – they play another team after Buffalo. Cleveland. That's pretty good. Nah, nah, I wouldn't even consider them. It's one more. I think it's the Colts. Oh, yeah. So, those are the only two hiccups that I can see – Someone really taking Pittsburgh to the to the hill, Buffalo and and uh, Indianapolis. But that's just my little spill on it. I know they're disgruntled. They're ready to get the football. Their their fucking schedule. Their schedule has been you know drugged through the mud all season long. So I can understand that. Yeah, and uh, to keep it moving along with as in football. Let's get into the Monday night game last night, which was – I actually sat there and watched that game last night because I wanted to see something out of Russ, Russell Wilson uh, last night. And they also played the Eagles. Uh, Carson Wentz and uh, Doug Peterson's team looked look terrible. Their defense kept them in the game. I will say that. But Seattle's offense didn't look too much better than the Philadelphia Eagles' offense. I don't know what's going on with that offense uh, of Pete Carroll's in Seattle because they did not look great last night. Yes, they was able to get the W because they're a better team. But as for offensively, they did not blow it out the water as they should have. It was really more of a defensive game on both sides. Uh, but do you guys feel uh, that Carson Wentz should be put on the – the coat dry hang the coat the coat hanger and bring in a young rook. Yes, they should. They 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 really should. Um I do think that that's gonna happen. You even have some swirling talks out there is Doug Peterson on the chopping block. 
as far as the Eagles go. Um, they put they put Hurts in a couple of times yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday made a couple completions and then set him right back down. Put Wentz back in. But uh, I'm glad you brought that up because yeah, because Carson Wentz isn't doing isn't doing nothing to to demand that he should stay the starter. I would put him in to try to give my team a spark. Me personally. And uh, as for watching that game, Lee, uh, since you uh, uh, commented on it, bro. As for the offensive line and wide receivers, do you think that that could be a main issue as far as Wentz? Because they can't protect him. He was sacked like six times. And also, his wide receivers couldn't get any uh, distance from their cornerbacks. Yeah. Yeah, that's something that has, that has to do with it. It's the mixture of everything. It's the domino effect. Yeah, if you don't – if you have a subpar offensive line that can't protect you, um, I think Alshon Jeffers was back. Yeah, he was back last night um, after being down for so many weeks. You still have Deshaun Jackson that is out as well. So he doesn't have a good offensive line, and he has receivers that are just getting back in the groove or not not really that much of a threat. So, yes, it is a, it is a mixture of those things, which – I you know I think Hurts is a lot more mobile than Wentz, and you could you know kind of offset some of the deficiencies uh, from the offensive line with him back there under under versus. Well, well, uh, Beast, I'll give you this next one, man. So pretty much what I just asked Lee, but do you think that the young rookie would give him a better chance, being that the offensive line is terrible and the wide receivers can't get any distance from the cornerbacks and? separate themselves to make catches. Do you think either Wentz or the young rook will make a difference? Uh, he might. I mean, I haven't necessarily seen him play, so I don't necessarily know. Um, but the only only thing I can say is it's probably not going to happen. The only reason why I say that is because um, the Eagles have invested money into uh, Carson Wentz. And I always follow the dollar. So um, I don't think they they can get out of his contract anytime soon as far as, you know, um, you know, cutting him and getting some of that money back or, you know, have to give him any guarantees that he's owed or anything of that nature. So I think they're kind of just stuck with Wentz at this point. So um, I don't think you'll be able to move him. So I mean that that just has to be an organization um, standpoint that has to start with with after this season I guess if you're going to keep Doug Peterson and you're going to keep moving on with that you're going to have to just get some weapons and a line in front of um, Wentz and um, and go from there but um, that's just me I don't. I mean, I'd like to see the kid get a shot, but uh, I don't – I mean, I don't know what that quarterback room dynamic is between them, and I don't know. That just that can just fuck with a whole team's chemistry, you know, something. I mean, some – you know, some people in the locker room may want Hurts to start and see what he got, and then some of them may be loyal to Wentz, so I don't know. Yeah, me personally, I don't think it's a Hurts or a Wentz thing or a Wentz or a Hurts thing. I think it's just that offensive line is terrible and those wide receivers that they have at the current time right now is terrible. 
uh, from watching that game, they can't protect him. This dude's getting sacked, and he's running for his life the whole fucking game, and he has no time to make plays. And his Robert receivers aren't getting any separation. The only star stud that he had on that team last night was Goddard, the tight end. Take him away. They don't even score that one touchdown. So they don't have Hurts out there? I agree. No, Hurts okay, hurt. well, See, and so I like. I, I guess you just answered it for me. If you throw the kid out there, what, what are you going to do? Just run around and like, nah. Yeah, and that's what, cause, uh, that's what I was trying to uh, – like I said, I mean, like I watched the game last night because it wasn't really nothing else on last night. So I actually watched it. And uh, I don't think that uh, the young rook can come in there and do nothing too much different than uh, Wentz because the dude can't – I mean, as soon as he's snapping the ball, they in his face. The Eagles' defense looked as stout. I mean, they was able to keep the uh, Seattle Seahawks to about, I think, like 27 points, I believe, mm-hmm. something like that. But – uh. The uh, Seattle Seahawks offense didn't look that great either. So, uh, it was just one of those games. But uh, let's just go on to some coaching, other coaching things within the NFL. Matt Patricia for the Detroit Lions has got canned, get him off the lot. He tore off the lot, uh, got canned, and also the GM as Uh well, right? So, with that being said, the Lions are now looking for a new head coach. I guess they're going to probably promote one of their assistant coaches as the intermediate head coach. I haven't heard anything else about it thus far today, uh, but maybe they have. I'm, I haven't heard anything. But uh, Matt Patricia is out in Detroit, fellas. The ex-Bill uh, Belichick assistant, another ex-Bill Belichick assistant, is now off the lot. What do you guys think about that? It was long overdue. Um, it should have been and happened. Um, Patricia hasn't showed anything. You know, I really think that they should have gave Jim Caldwell as much time as they did Patricia, in my eyes, because Jim Caldwell at least had a, some winning season with that team and that organization. And y'all just, you know, made him tear off the lot after a year. <laughs> or two years, something like that. And he didn't have as much time. But, like I said, it was long overdue. Um, Patricia and that GM, and they they could never get on the same page as far as drafting and things of that nature. So, it's a domino effect. I knew it was going to happen. I just didn't think they would pull the trigger on all of it mid-season. But, hey, they want to win and tired of being disgruntled as well. Yeah, but – yeah, yeah it's just about time. Um, you know, um, they seem like they always start off kind of hot or kind of in the mix, and then either somewhere, somewhere mid-season towards the end, they just fall apart. You know, they have you know, and that happened all I believe all the season. And it's not like they don't have talent. I just think it's it's either he doesn't relate to the players, or I don't know. It's it's something with a disconnect between him and the players and just how he just runs things. Cause it's not like they like they just lack talent because they they have some talent. And then, you know, what was that? Last year you had guys wanting to get traded out of there, you know, like the likes of Darius Slay and um other defensive uh and that's supposed to be his forte as far as uh Patricia. So 
I don't know. I think it was he just couldn't relate to um, players, and especially in that leadership role. Um, so I don't know. So um, I'm just interested to see what they do next year. I don't think necessarily Stafford should come back either. I think that's kind of run its course too. I think they should probably just start a new there with everything, head coach, quarterback, yeah. and everything. It, it, it could possibly be that they'd be in a real uh, rebuilding mode. But another uh, coach from the coaching tree of Bilicek bites the dust. So uh, let his uh, windbreaker just flap in the wind as he gets exited <laughs> off the Detroit Lions mm. in the parking lot. Uh, one more question before we go into our Chiefs post game, fellas. Uh, one more thing. Chicago Bears, with the coaching quarterback carousel they got going over there between Nick Foles and uh, Travinsky, uh, do you guys think that he should be exited off the lot playing musical cheers with his quarterbacks? Well, first, I thought, I thought Trubisky – was playing because Nick Foles right. was actually hurt. He yeah, but well, okay. Let me let me let me go back and just go into detail. Then, speaking as for Travinsky, he had he did have a pretty decent start. I think he was like four and one or something like that before he got set to the bench. So it's not like he was doing terrible, but for him to bring in Nick Foles and he dropped some games, and now that Nick Foles is down, and now he's bandwagoning for Travinsky. Do you think that he's playing with hot water as a coach with his coaching carousel? Because Zervinsky, yeah, he was winning games. I mean, he wasn't pretty, but he sat him for no reason, kind of like how they did Fitzpatrick in Miami. Cal, the bottom line with Matt Nagy and the Chicago Bears, they have no quarterback. Trubisky's not going to get it done. Nick Foles isn't going to get it done. I don't think Nagy is a bad coach. They have a stout defense. They just have some they, – they have some deficiencies with the offense, and it's not having a general, a quarterback. That's the problem. I don't think it will. I don't think they get rid of Nagy. I, I, I just don't – I don't see it. They, they could. They very likely could, but it's not a Nagy thing. It's it's a quarterback thing in Chicago, and with what you have now, it's not going to get the job done. Trubisky should have never been drafted where he was drafted. The first quarterback took him off the board, but that's their mistake, you know, their demise. So I don't know what they're going to do. It's just a train wreck for Chicago. Beach, you got anything on that before we move to the post game of the Chiefs? I, I agree with uh, Lee there. Um, I agree with him. I agree with I him. wonder if he did have a good a good quarterback, if it would be different. But I would just think that since he's supposed to be the offensive, uh, that's what they hired him for, that he should be able to do something. It, it, it just doesn't seem. Like uh, the offense is creative enough, even though it's supposed to be like, uh, I guess it's a watered down version of the Kansas City Chiefs at this point. But um, yeah, I don't know. But I, to be honest with you, I can see him being Ken. I can see him in the Chiefs. To be honest with you, and them starting, I can see that. 
and and I'll make one more uh, little spiel before we move on. As for Falls, when he got that big contract with the Jaguars last year, and they ended up bringing in uh, uh, Gardner Minshew over him. So that's just something to think about. Like Nick Foles, you know what I mean? I don't think Nick Foles – I think he's a great backup quarterback, but he definitely ain't no starter. And I ain't saying Trubinsky is too much better. Well, well, see, that's the thing. With Jacksonville, if you remember, once he got the big contract with Jacksonville, the first game of the season against the Chiefs, Chris Jones crashed his collarbone. That's why Minshew became, came into the picture. He got hurt that year and was pretty much out the remainder of that year with that collarbone deal, which Chris Jones and the Chiefs knocked him out. And so he's injury. He's a good quarterback, but he's so fragile. Yeah. That's just something to just watch for for the Chicago Bears and his quarterback carousel that's going on right now. Just wanted to type, throw that in there, sports heads. But fellas, let's go ahead and get into that post-game Chiefs game against the uh, Buccaneers. The Chiefs was able to uh, get a victory over the uh, Buccaneers. Uh, they ran away with it within the first half, but then they, they allowed the Buccaneers to come close and almost pretty much almost came back to win. But, fellas, what do you guys think about the Chiefs and the Buccaneers game this past Sunday? Oh, man. Um, they did what we had, they did what they had to do. Uh, offensively, I said, you know, they need to do some of the things that the Rams exposed. Tampa Bay and their secondary. Um, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods were able to eat that secondary up. And the Chiefs and Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes just said, you know, we're gonna do the we're gonna do the same thing. And basically offensively, it was that we're gonna we're gonna use number 10 to get to number 10 on the season. So that's what happened. You know, uh they they knew that they had a mismatch with Tyreek Hill all day long. They took advantage of it. Um, Mick Kelsey, you know, uh, had to really just spread the ball around, you know. The Chiefs be balanced. Uh, but they have, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers has a very stout course. Uh, um, it's interesting because this is the second week in a row when we're playing a team that has a lot of money invested in one of their lines. Last week it was the Las it was Las Vegas with the money and being invested with their offensive line. This week you had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with all the money that they have invested on their defensive front. So you had two two weeks where you had you know two different good lines that you were facing. But like I said, they uh, used number ten Tyreek Hill to get to number ten on the seat. I like how they uh, came out and was aggressive, stayed aggressive. Um, you know, did what they had to do. They seen that they weren't able to run the ball. <laughs> we'll just kill you, you know, we'll, we'll just kill you with pass or, you know. It, that's what that, um, defensively, I'm not upset about it. Um, yeah, I would I would have liked to see, you know, more points from the offense to kind of put that game away and not make a switch the last five minutes of the game. But it is what it is. This is the NFL. I told y'all Tom Brady and Grunk and these receivers were going to, you know, kind of get some traction up underneath them. And that's what happened. I, I was not all at, at all shocked 
that he was connected with Brock on some deep stuff. Godwin, a couple ones, Mike Evans. So, you know, I knew they were going to get to clicking. My thing is that I'm upset with the defense about is you're going to have to get this defensive uh, back. You're going to have to get the safety rotation under wraps. I don't know what's going on with Thornhill. I don't know what's going on with Dan Sorensen. You know, um, that's the that's what I see is a problem. Is the defensive safety rotation? I don't I don't know if Juan Thornhill is just you know still trying to get back from that ACL. I just don't know. But it's too many big plays given up. It seems like guys are always out of position. Yeah, we only got one sack. You know, uh, Okafor recorded that one sack, but there was constant pressure on Tom Brady. I look at holding penalties as sacks. They had like two or three holding penalties. And, you know, they got good pressure on Tom Brady. Uh, overall, they did what they had to do. I just want to see them tighten up and, you know, wish that the offense, you know, didn't have those little hiccups there with Pat Fumble deep in their red zone. But they did what they had to do. They And we're 10 and 1. But I knew Tom Brady and the Patriots, I mean, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers were going to play us tough. Well, I yeah, thought you wanted to go. I mean, I pretty much agree with just what Lee pretty much said. I mean, uh, the penalties, for one, huh, penalties was terrible. Uh, we did get one sack. We was able to get pressure and keep Brady rattled. He was still overthrowing, just like I said he would. Uh, Gronk had a few key catches as well, but nothing to really bat an eye at to me. Uh, but as for the Chiefs, uh, allowing him to come back in that second half, it needs to be some defensive adjustments than that secondary, just like Lee said. Uh, to true up the, the pass defense because Brady was not should not have been able to come back the way he did and almost beat us. Uh, I actually ended up leaving the second half of the game, so I had to make a quick run, so I didn't really catch the whole second half. But when I turned it back on to my phone because I was driving back, and I noticed, like, what the fuck? Damn, they done came back? So I can't really say for much for, this first, for the second half because I didn't, I didn't catch it all. But as for the first half, Tyreek Hill handled his job. He did exactly what we expected him to do, bust it wide open. They had no answer for him until they decided to double Kelsey and Tyreek Hill at the start of that third uh, quarter. But uh, like I said, I mean, it wasn't really too much of a balanced game. Uh, but as for Pat's arm, he won it for it. So, I mean, I don't really have too much to really say on it. Uh, I didn't really catch that second half. But uh, first half of the game was great. I don't know what happened as far as scoring. I don't know what they ran out of gas or why they took the foot off the pedal. But uh, Andy Reid needs to stop that common courtesy shit and just show that you a dog. And I don't care who you are. There's no respect in this game. No prisoners. Keep scoring. Stop Stop that shit. As for the Packers, when they played um, – who did the Packers play Sunday? The Bears. Uh, yeah, the Bears. They didn't give up. It was like – 30-something in the first half. They, they kept scoring on their ass. I don't care who you are. Keep scoring. Show why you're in this position in this league. Show them why you're the NFL champs. Don't give up. Don't just coast along because you feel you got the lead. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't think necessarily that they gave up. I mean, I you know, they were offensively aggressive all game. It's just like you said, holding penalties. You know, one of those drives in the second half, it was like back-to-back hold penalty. 
you know, bailing guys out. Frank Clark with two uh, roughing the passer penalties. That's what really kept Tampa Bay in this game, really. The Chiefs' offensive holds and the silliness on the defense, letting allowing drives to stay alive. Beats always say it like you know, you know, gotta can't can't bail these guys out. It was a lot of Bell and Tom Brady and the Buccaneers out. I just go back and look at the last play of the game, third and seven, for Andy to call that to call that. He knew that we needed the first down to really ice that game, and that was an aggressive ass call. Instead of him trying to just run the ball and run some more time off the clock, nah, he said, nah, we picking up the seven yards and we getting the hell out of Tampa Bay. South Florida with a dub. And another thing I just didn't understand, when they started doubling Kelsey and Tariq, why he didn't implement Watkins and Robinson and Harmon a little bit more. I mean, you see they're shutting down the two top guns that was running the whole first half. You utilize your other targets, which he did. I don't even remember Sammy having like he one, had maybe four. two catches. Here, this is what I'll say. Let me just jump in here real quick on that point. I think as far as that second half, since you didn't see it, that second half, the offense, to me, kind of went to sleep. Not necessarily. There were some stall drives. There were some penalties that Lee is talking to on that one weird drive where we had, like, three in a row, and it was, like, second and 30 and shit. Where, uh, yeah, so um, it's just – I think you – especially – was that in the first half when we had that uh, – when they stripped second Mahomes, or was that in the third quarter? I was in that. that, that okay, was so that's that's one half. of them. That's uh, that's one. That's points off the board there. Um, Miko Hartman and Patrick Mahomes. I was, mm, I it was behind them, but I've always come from the old school. If you got your hands on the ball, man, you need to come up with that catch because nobody was around him as far as Miko Hartman. So that could have been a tub. So that's points off the board. Um, there's some instances in that second, excuse me, in that second half where we're on the appointments, uh, excuse me, the Buccaneer side of the uh, field, and it's fourth and short, fourth and two, fourth and one, and we punt. And another thing on that, Townsend did not have a good day punting his. I don't know if that shit was going off the side of his foot, but them, that shit was horrible. As far as his punts only going like 30 yards or 20-something yards or something like that. Um, so, to me, especially when uh, we get those two picks in the second half um, and we give the ball back to our offense and the offense goes three and out both times. So, to me, um, yes, the defense, um, they kind of figure out some things in the game to where they can take some uh, – and I thought it was just a FU – to Bruce Arians from Tom Brady saying, I know how to attack this this team. Um, we're, forget your play, calling. I'm going to call my own damn plays here. And he started doing that stuff to Grunk. You know, what he kind of did in that AFC championship game um, two years ago. But um, to me, the, the where it got close was the miscues by the offense. All your star players are on that side. That's where your money is heavily invested. The offense needs to win games. The defense did what it was supposed to do yesterday. On the first four drives, three and outs, um, you knew they were going to get clicking at some point and make some adjustments. But, you know, um, that game should have been over by 
at least by the third quarter. And the offense, to me, the offense, in my opinion, did not do enough for me uh, personally to put the game away. And I don't know. I don't think it was necessary play call because they were moving the ball. It was either penalties or um, just miscues. Like I said, Miko Hartman's dropped. Um, and I don't know. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes not even going for it when you're in your opponent's territory. That's where it came down to me. Yeah, just those simple miscues. Like you said, just those things. Pat getting sacked on the strip sack where they recovered the ball. That's easily a tub or three points off the board and McCall Hartman's dropped. So you're talking about roughly 10 to 14 points that's left off the board. Those stand, you're talking about a 37 out, 37 point out. I say I say 41 because I don't mean so, to cut you off, but you know Kelsey missed happened that little fake whatever he should just ran that in or had a better grip of the ball or something to where he could throw it a pat. That's taking the center forward field right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, that's another one too. A lot, it was a lot of little minor mishaps, but go ahead, Cal. Yeah, I agree that Kelsey passed that he tried to throw. The, yeah, I agree with that one as well. That was a missed opportunity. It was a hell of a play call. Yeah. A hell was, of yeah. a play call. Yeah, it was. It just now, I will say that. I will say that. As far as Kelsey, you know, nothing up when it was time for him to throw that pass, that was a hell of a play call. They did, Tampa Bay didn't know what the hell was going on. Yeah, it just wasn't executed. That's all it was. I mean – but uh, it didn't go out the way they probably played it out in practice. But uh, it was a hell of a play, especially if he would have uh, went for a completion for a touchdown. Uh, but do you fellas got anything else on the Chiefs post game, buddy? Okay. But the dumb penalties, the the, the dumb penalties, well, you by don't. Clark, man, you know. Uh, that 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 right there, it has to stop. And and, and the offensive linemen moving their feet, you know, having good having good foot movement instead of getting these holding calls, that stuff has got to stop. You went where I was going to go to. One speaking of Frank Clark, the dumb penalties. That was the only time you heard his name yesterday. Um. Oh yeah. Well, uh, um, yeah. I, yeah. I mean. We paid him all this money. Uh, it'd be nice to get a good return on your investment. I, mean, I yes, think sir. in the last six games, he only has what one man. sack. Yeah, and I understand that. I understand that, but 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 you guys got to look at this. Chris Jones and, the, and these dudes are getting held a lot. And if y'all seen the jaw itch going on between Chris Jones and Tom Brady, that's what it was about. Chris Jones was jawing at him like, yeah, we on your ass. You know what I'm saying? You, you, your line keep on hold. That's what I'm saying. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers were holding a lot in this game. No, that's not no excuse. It really isn't. But that's hard to do when you're getting tugged and still trying to get pressure on the quarterback. Because I don't care what nobody say. That's why they got caught for about four or five holes. Shit, they were holding. Yeah. It was a lot of fucking holes. 
a lot of fucking holding going on that damn game. And I say, I look at holding penalties, those 10 yard holding penalties, I look at those as sacks. And then as far as our line, um, yeah. there was some instances there where shit, Pat was on his backside. Um, um, a few times. Took, yeah, took, buddy. Took, so, took a couple uh, good hits. Like I said, I've been clapping. I've been asking for this for forever. I do not like uh, Austin Router. Uh, how do you say his name? I want Kilgore as the center. It seems like they, huh? I was just, I was just gonna say that beats the offensive line should be this right here, and I'm not kidding. The offensive line should be Eric Eric Fisher. It should be um, it should be. Uh, Kilgore at center. Your other guard, you have uh, Wisniewski and Schwartz, and then you have Allegretti at the left guard. So, I repeat, that's what the Chiefs line yeah, should really be. Fisher, Fisher, Allegretti, Kilgore, Stephen Wisniewski, and when Mitchell Schwartz is healthy in his back, I agree. Yeah, that's what the line should be. And speaker. Yeah, and speaking of this offensive line, Eric Fisher has been the Iron Man on that line this year. He has really stepped up since we won that championship. Yes, he has. He has. But I do not like I do not like his footwork. He just got he just got blew up on that strip sack that uh of Pat. You do, you have to get your feet up under you. You have to keep your shoulders and your feet on the correct balance to get leverage up underneath you. He just had horrible technique on that. But he has been an Iron Man, an anchor. You know, I, I give you that, Cal. I really do. But I really feel that the interior of that line needs to be Allegretti, Kilgore, and Steve I wouldn't be much better. All right, all right. Okay. Uh, well, fellas, man, like I said, we did get the dub. He advanced to 10 and 1. Uh, I mean, like I said, it started off very pretty, very excited in that first half. In the second half, things just went a little crazy with the stupid penalties and three and outs. And I just don't know. But uh, we did escape, Baltimore, uh, I'm sorry, uh, the Buccaneers and Tampa Bay with eight dub to advance to 10 and 1, uh, trying to get over these uh, Pittsburgh Steelers for that bye week uh, in the AFC conference. Uh, but other than that, uh, we I'm trying to think what else. Uh, we ain't going to do our picks till this well, we weekend until Friday or Saturday. Y'all want to go ahead and review them now or wait till Friday? All right, now we'll just, we'll just go over, we'll just go over our week. Our week twelves, and as far as we're standing, is that? Oh yeah, I forgot that. Yeah, our stand. I forgot that, man. I be think, I be thinking the day ahead, thinking we going in the picks. My bad, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go on over our picks for the week. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Lee. But uh, yeah, uh, kind of a recap for the week twelve slate. Uh, the Thanksgiving Day games. Um, the two Thanksgiving Day games were, you know, were snoozers, you know, to say the least. Uh, Houston was victorious over Detroit. Uh, Beat got that under his belt. He was Houston and Deshaun Watson. They did him some justice in that game. And then Washington, where we all picked, uh, over Dallas, uh, which was the second and final game. Um, 
We all picked Cleveland to do what they were going to do over Jacksonville. They were victorious. Um, we all went with Buffalo as well in that one. Um, Tennessee, that's where I'm going to get to. Tennessee, um, me and Kyle went with Tennessee in this one, beats with, with the Colts. Then Tennessee and yeah. Derrick Henry was victorious. Man, it's is I'm going to just say this. I, uh, I just want to see if you guys agree with me. These dudes, Gary, yeah, I know they're doing the same thing like they were doing last year. But if it wasn't for the Chiefs at the comeback against Houston, Derrick Henry runs, his, runs the Titans right into the Super Bowl last year. Um, and they're looking like that again. I just think that this was a statement win by the committee and – it's not the it's not the Vegas Raiders by no means. This is this this team right here is scary. What you guys got on Tennessee? Uh, you know I'm a big fan of Tennessee. That's my team. So uh, I totally agree with you. Uh, I know earlier in the year you were saying that the same team as they were as last year as well as Buffalo, but they're winning games, man. Uh, you can't discredit Derrick Henry as the game goes on; he gets stronger. Uh, he's showing why he's the leading rusher and why he got that contract. I mean, so I'm with Tennessee, man. I, I don't see nothing happen with my Chiefs thus far this year. But as for my second team, well, well, as for one of my top five teams in the AFC, I have to say Tennessee is probably number two or three. Yeah, I agree. Oh, so now you come to see what me and Cal have seen in Hanley. No, nah, no, it's not that. I'm just saying that it's a statement game. Don't, 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 don't start trying to toot your own horn now too fast, there, buddy. Because what I'm saying is they are a scary team. They're still the same team from last year. I think, I you, think, yeah, I think Tannehill. I think Tannehill is way better than what he was last year. Well, uh, okay, and that still remains to be seen. But as the weather gets colder and gets nastier. You know it's going to be Derrick Henry. And teams are going to be able to plan for that. Is Ryan Tannehill going to be consistent when the games get colder and the weather gets nastier? That's what I have not seen yet. And I'm not going to say that team is for real until I see them doing something deep in the How are you going to say that? They went to the AFC Championship last year. (laughs) He got you on that one, Lee. I just, I just, I just see, think, I just think you just don't like Tennessee. No, it's not that I don't like Tennessee. It's just that I am not sold on Ryan Tannehill and AJ Brown. That's all he has to me. He's going to need some more weaponry, and he's going to have to be special when teams take away Derrick Henry. Has he showed us he can really be special besides just the play action stuff to AJ Brown? You take that away, is Ryan Tannehill really special? I think so, because they got a pretty decent tight end. I can't think of his name. Uh, I mean, they, they, they're not – no, their offense is not as high-powered as our Chiefs, no. And he may have one major big target, and I know he has a pretty decent tight end, maybe a couple of decent tight ends. But the defining factor when it comes to old-school football is a run game, and they have a beast in Derrick Henry. And like I say, he gets stronger mm-hmm. as the game goes on. The week before last, Derrick Henry right. won that game on his legs alone. 
as the game as, yeah, as the I, I, game I, I, gets as the game goes on, people don't want to talk right. to that big old dude. And it, 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 I was gonna post should he be in the consideration for uh, MVP? Not necessarily winning, but I'm just talking about it in the conversation since with the numbers he's putting up, and he's pretty much like the MVP of that team. Um, should he be at least in uh, the conversation? I'm happy. Yes, he I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Lee, not to cut you off, bro. I ain't going to give no answer yet. I'm just happy you brought that up because I do want to talk about this. Go ahead, Lee. No, I was just going, I was just going to agree with what he, what he said. He is the most significant player in the NFL. Maybe not the most valuable, but he is the most significant player in the NFL. He's not – he just is. I'll put it like this. They're scary enough, like you said, Cal. I sure would want to play them right, but I sure would want to have to play them in the in the playoffs because that's where the Chiefs have had struggles with stopping the run. It's a pedigree for a team like Tennessee to knock on the Chiefs. So they are a scary team. I'm just not sold on Ryan Tannehill just yet. Yeah, okay. And as for the uh, MVP deal. Uh, we were talking. They were talking about it last night on Monday Night Football, saying that Russell Wilson has not yet won a MVP. But from watching that Seattle offense and what they were trying to produce with DK Metcalf and uh, what's the other receiver's name, Tobert, uh, they were not able able to produce really too much offense in the run game in the passing game. Yeah, they had a couple lucky shots. Where they were able to score, but the Eagles' defense was able to really keep them at hand. It's just that the Eagles' offense could not produce. But when it comes to the MVP battle, I will say that Derrick Henry is one of the top players that should be mentioned as one. And also, I will have to mention Pat Mahomes. No, he doesn't have the touchdowns, but if you look at his touchdowns to INT ratio, he's killing it as far as everybody else in the league. Russell Wilson should be a mission. As well, but like I said, I just don't know what's going on with that Pete Carroll's offense. It's not looking good. I mean, you need to make some adjustments, man. With with the subpar with the subpar performance from Russell Westbrook from Russell Wilson, um, that it, it's a lot in the performance that Pat had. It the MVP race should be a lot. I don't give a damn. Russell right. has not. Had one before. It's not a day. This past week was the exclamation point. Barring no injuries or anything like that, Pat won. Because for you to be subpar against Philadelphia like that and for Pat to be hot, should have threw for 500 yards if McCall Hartman catches that pass. He would have threw for 500 yards. Sunday was a lot for me as far as the MVP race. It's no question. And the funny thing is, I don't even think he's really been – well, they ain't really, really mentioned MVP uh, mentionings this year thus far. At least I haven't noticed it. But they were kind of talking about it last night uh, on Monday Night Football as far as Russell, uh, that they feel he should get an MVP nod uh, doing what he's doing down there in Seattle. But just from looking at that offense no. and how stagnant they was, I don't know. I haven't seen too many games. And like I said, they blew one against – they blew a very close game earlier in the season against Arizona. 
and you know, it's just a couple games that they should have won that they lost in a game that they should have won in a very more, I guess, bully type fashion than in what they did. Right. I agree. I agree with both of y'all. Um, no, as far as this year, I think they're just looking at what Russ has done over his whole career. And since, you know, Pat already has one and Russ doesn't, they're saying, well, he should get one. But if you look like you just said, Cal, you look at that Arizona game, not this past one, but the one before that, we had a couple uh, picks. And I forgot the mm-hmm. other game. Yeah. I forgot who they were playing. But he had, like, a bunch of picks, and he was doing stupid stuff in that game, too, where he was taking sacks and stuff like that. Um, not, and then, he, he yeah, took, he, you, he and I was just about to say, just based on what you're – from your tone and how you're saying about his performance last night, to me, this is – Pat's MVP to lose. All he has to do is coast through these next five games and put up a good showing against uh, New Orleans, and I think he got, he got he has it. But do you think it makes more of a difference if it's New Orleans with Taysom? I think by then, uh, Breeze. Breeze will be back. Okay. I think Pat has already won it. Pat Wanted this past um, weekend. I don't care what no one. Says. I see what you're saying, but you got to understand these media people. They're gonna look at the whole pie, and if and then with these, like I said, if he can just coast the rest of the, the rest of the year, which I think he will. I don't think I don't think he's through his out his career. He's been the same cat, so there's no really up and down to his game. To be honest with you, uh, so I think he'll stay on that coast. To where you know um, you'll have you know two or three touchdowns a game and throw for you know between two fifty and three twenty somewhere in there. If he can, if he stays on that and they keep winning, he'll 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 be MVP again. He should be MVP again. I'll say that. All right. And I was going to throw something else in there, but I'm going to save it to uh, for our next show. Just going to have a little bit more of a content. But I just want to ring you guys' bell to it. Uh, we will be diving into the NFC East. Uh, and as terrible as that is for next show, I just want to save it. So we can just get exact schedule. I mean, exact schedules that's left and exact uh, standings as they are right now before the weekend hits. Uh, but I kind of want to touch bases on them. So I'll say that for a uh, Friday show. All, All right. right. All right. And just moving it along for week 12, the Giants, speaking of NFC East, uh, they were able to uh, squeak out a win over the Cincinnati Bengals. We all went with the Giants in that one. And they are now currently the leaders of that, uh, of that treacherous NFC that we'll cover. Uh, Arizona in New England. Uh, that was a tough one there. Um, I mean, with Arizona in that one um, beats with, with New England. Um, New England and Cam was able to pull out a last second yard uh, goal winning victory over Arizona, you know, uh, which was really a shocker to me. Arizona really kind of showed, man, or are they pretending or they really go be some contenders. You know, I felt like they shot themselves. Mm-hmm. I just want to say one thing before you move on. Cam is terrible. 
I know he don't have anybody on the outside to necessarily throw it to, but that offense and Cam is uh, uh like I said when I huh? Well, you think about it, he ain't, if you think about it, he ain't never had nobody since yeah, Steve Smith. That's a good point. Right. That is a good point. With the pen? Yeah. And Greg Olsen. And Greg Olson. Yeah, yeah. And he had a decent runner back at the time, uh, the Williams dude. Uh, Angelo Williams what was his or name? something like uh, I mean, Christian McCaffrey yeah, he was pretty back. decent at the time. But, I mean, shit, he didn't have – I mean, all he had was Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> that was it. Who was his wide receivers when Cam was there the last few years? Right. Right. <laughs> and his running back with Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> his tight end, his offensive line was Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> Yeah, I'm with I'm with you, uh, right. uh Lee. Lee. I, I don't know about Arizona at the moment. I don't know if they uh uh contender or pretenders. Right now they look like pretenders to me. Yeah, because that was a game that they clearly should have won. Um for them to really staple themselves as contention as contenders in that crowded NFC. Uh, that was just a horrible way for them to lose. But mm-hmm. that's the parity that you have in the NFL. You never know who's going to win as it sets up for the next matchup I'm going to talk about. <laughs> the Raiders clearly went to Atlanta and Magic City and partied away because they were a no-show against the Falcons, losing 43 to six, and I say that that they're horrible. You know, just when I said the Raiders are a good team and they're for real, they lay some eggs like this. For Atlanta to beat you without Julio Jones and Ty Gurley, mm-hmm. that's sad. That is sad. I just. I got I, I got, a, I got a, a, a nice enjoyment out of watching the Raiders get their ass kicked by Atlanta. I just wanted to say that, you know, and we all picked the Raiders. We all picked the Raiders to win that game as well. So we all had confidence in faith that they weren't the same Raiders, but oh yeah, they're, they're pretenders too. They just they just match up with the Chiefs very well, and they just get amped up to play the Chiefs. That's what that is. Clearly, man, they looked it horrible. But moving it on along, um, we're not going to say go to another shit that, show. Uh, the quarterbackless game in Vegas with the Patriots. I say go to the quarterbackless game. Huh? Yeah, yeah, that was a uh, shit show over there too. New Orleans was victorious over Denver who had the receiver come in with no reps or nothing. I think he went for like – I thought he, I like thought he had only one completion. Like that with two interceptions. Well, I don't know. I just know it was horrible. We all went with New Orleans in that. Um, Miami did what they had to do. Kept the Jets losing, who are still losers. Uh, who, are, who are still winless, I should say. <laughs> oh, no. Carolina and Minnesota. Cal went with Minnesota. And me and people Carolina. Minnesota squeaked out a last-second win to put that one over, to put that one under Cal's belt. 
a shocker. We all went with the Rams and the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan, a very sneaky team in the NFC as well. It's like the Titans, I feel. They handled what they had to do against the Rams and beat the Rams <laughs> with uh, Mullins as their quarter, quarterback. So, oh, boy, the, Ram, the, the, the 49ers are right there still in the hunt. They're at five and six. I know they have a lot of injuries, but – that's one of those. Can I say something? Say, oh I was just going to say something real quick, so, just to the uh, the coaching ability and of uh, Kyle Shanahan. Um, you know, for all the injuries that they have on both sides of the ball, for them to be uh, just a game below uh, five hundred, uh, I think that's a testament, especially during these type of times where you didn't have um, you know training camp and you have COVID things and that stuff of that nature going on. So I, I, I like to give him big kudos on that one. Yeah. 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 Because they're five and six. Somehow they're five and six and they're still in that picture. They're they're in the hunt and a couple of things go their way. You know you're going to have teams facing off against each other. San Francisco could very well – back their way and and a, a team added on this year they can very well back their way into the postseason so we're going to keep an eye out and get keep giving kudos to uh the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan um we already touched on our Chiefs handling business in Tampa Bay at Raymond James Stadium improving to 10 and 1 the Bears went down to Green Bay as we all said Green Bay would be victorious and Seattle which we touched on, they were victorious as well. So, fellas, uh, uh, out of the 16-slot game, we just have one more that remains to be seen. Uh, the standings will not change because we all pick Pittsburgh in this game. But for the week as far as of now, with the 15 games still holding back Baltimore and Pittsburgh, uh, you guys were uh, both 11-4 and four for the week, and I'm at 10-5. and five. Current standings? I'm at 117, 58 and one. Beats right a game behind me. Still at 116, 59 and one. And Cal at 111, 64 and one. So bottom line, I got a one game lead over over Beats and a six game lead over Cal. And Beats just holds a five game lead over Cowboy as well. So things are still tight here at Sports Talk KC with the uh, mm-hmm. weekly NFL action. All right, all right, all right, all right. Thanks for the the pick segment recap. Like you said, the standings are getting close. Uh, we're with the neck and neck. I mean, yeah, I think uh, overall, not to cut you off, I'm just saying as an overall. So, I think we're doing a pretty good damn job, though. I think we're doing better than some of these NFL analysts, <laughs> especially Fox. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we are. Ain't that yeah. legit? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I like that. I like this segment, man. I really do enjoy it. I'm I'm watching games, paying attention to the scores every Sunday. So it, yeah. it has excitement. It has excitement. That's why I said let's go ahead and do it. I just said I just said to myself, you know, and I call myself looking at scores like, damn, see who, see if I got this game or who dropped this game. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, buddy. It's very exciting, man. All right, all right, all right. All right, fellas. With uh, 
like I said, we'll be back Friday, and we may we may drop it Saturday since we don't have a Thursday. Well, no, I guess we will probably do it Friday or yeah, Friday. I guess we got to cover uh, this game. Well, if it plays out, we'll be back in schedule, but we'll just see what happens with this Pittsburgh game and go from there. But uh, other than that, that concludes another episode, fellas. Uh, excuse me. Uh, with that being said, I am Cowboy slash Cal. Y'all, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find me on all social media platforms at DB 1492 if you're checking for me. Um, and then, have you heard of this thing called Clubhouse, y'all? I'm going to look into that. I'm going to look into that shit and see what it is. Uh-uh. I might get one of them, too. But, uh, Lee, if they're checking for you, uh, where can they find you? Yeah, y'all can hit me up at Facebook and Instagram in the Sports Talk KC page. You know, tap in, tap in. It's a long season still ahead of us and doing it every day for y'all. Thanks for the support and everything. And uh, happy holidays right on, right to on. everyone out there listening. All right, all right, all right. Like Lee said, happy holidays. And other than that, we up out of here and we be back in a few days.